I'm Jasmine Falk Dickerson. Welcome to the podcast. Are you passionate about social justice? Have you thought about the difference between equality and equity? I believe equality can exist without equity, while equity cannot exist without equality. So many demographics in our society are affected by the inequities that continue to hinder their health and progress. Why is this an important conversation? Because it allows us to see the quality of other people's lives and experiences. I'm joined by sociology professor Kate Ayers to discuss how we can understand the value of equity and its pressing need in society. Today, I want you to think about equity. Hi, Kate. I'm so excited we're doing this right now. Hi, Jasmine. Hi. Thanks for the call. Yeah, well, so last time we spoke, we had a million things we talked about. And one of the things we said was that we were going to kind of re-engage in a conversation about something we're passionate about. And right now, both you and I are really passionate about equity. And the reason why is because we're seeing in every aspect of life, there is somehow a misunderstanding of equity causing so many kind of uh, crazy outcomes for everyone. So why don't we just like do what you and I do on okay. my couch in my living room? Unfortunately, that's not happening right now because we're on Zoom. Right. But le let's process. Let's unpack equity. So, it's, yeah, it's interesting. The way you just said it just reminded me that, OK, so sometimes people think that if you want like equity, then uh, I'm going to lose something. If, if you, if we, if you're equal and we're going to talk about the difference between those because they're different, but right. then, then I lose something. Right. And that's, that's not it. Exactly. That's not it at all. And it drives me crazy when people, you know, go right to that. You can't have my money. You can't have my fill in the blank. Right. You know? Mine. Yeah, Mine. exactly. Right. Uh, well, speaking of definition, the most basic definition, if you Google equity, is the quality of being fair and impartial. That's like one of the most basic things. And a lot of people completely mix the two together, right? You just said it, equal, equal, equality and equity. So here's how I see it. And then I want to hear your definition, understanding as a sociologist, um, okay. how you not only teach it in your classes, but how you've kind of come to it from the different um, angles of your, your study and research. So mm -hmm. I'm focused in uh, my studies right now on sustainable um, social equity. And so I'm very passionate about the subject because I feel like it hasn't given, it hasn't been given the attention it deserves because everything is focused on equality. Mm -hmm. Equality means that we are all equal, that we all get something. Mm -hmm. Equity, on the other hand, assures that we all get to it in a fair way where we all have the same starting point, which means if we have a cake, for example, and let's say you already have cake in the fridge mm -hmm. and both you and I come to this party and there's more cake and to be equal, um, I should get a little more than you because you already have some in the fridge, right? And so mm -hmm. it's, sometimes it even means that you're not getting any because everyone at the party doesn't have cake in the fridge. And so it means that, okay, we're going to share this in a way that we are all given the fair starting chance. This is how I see equity versus right. equality. Equality. So in my class, whenever I, um, 
I have a whole section on injustice. And that's when I go through all the different areas of injustice. And we talk about the history of it and et cetera. But I start it with um, the example, which is it's somewhat famous. It's not mine, but, you know, there's a fence and there are three people of different sizes. They want to see over the fence and there are the resources are three boxes. So equality is each person gets a box. Well, the tallest person can already see over the fence. The shortest person, they still can't see over the fence. And the, you know, mid-range person just can barely, if they stand on their tiptoes, see it. So that's equality. Everybody gets the same. Mm. But to make it equitable, you give two boxes to the shortest person. That would be me. (laughs) And then one box to the person in the middle and the tallest person doesn't get a box because that person already can see over the fence. That's so awesome. That's equitable. Yeah. And that's the difference. And that's why people, you know, the the one person doesn't get a box because they don't need the box. They don't need. So equity is roped into need and necessity versus equality, where equality is just plain uh, basic always, math. It's like yeah. equity is more based on basically survival and need. Yeah. Um, there, the other just thing, being fair. I mean, just being fair. Right. Right. I mean, exactly. Well, yeah. Does the, the quality mean? of being fair and impartial. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So one of the things that uh, that I found really interesting that lately I've encountered a lot in 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 not only my studies but reading and hearing in the news and all that is uh, social justice. Uh, lending itself to social equality and social equity versus just equality and equity. Well, the difference is where I see it is, is where social equality uh, and social equity both take the word social as its focus, meaning that it goes from being the individual equality or individual equity to a societal equity and a societal equality. So, so for me, equity and equality looks like me at work. Am I getting paid the same? Am I being treated or do I get the bonuses? That's my own personal equality or equity mission. But the social equity and the social equality uh, affirms that in society, this is not something that the individual has to worry about, that it's already paved for and set and decided in society. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about that. Right. So that's a bigger Do you think that if that was set, it would just well, I hate to use the trickle down theory, but then that would just kind of flow down into how we are right all around. Like if the social justice that you were talking about, like it's already set, right. that was in place, would many other things below when you're talking about individuals, would that already be taken care of? Yeah, that's a really good question. And the 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 answer, of course, is uh, floating somewhere out there where all the, you know, professionals are trying to, to make sense of it. But just logically speaking, where this constant battle in politics about, uh, what is it, um, uh, um, Oh, socialism. Thank you. The word I can't believe escaped me because I'm I'm a big supporter of socialism. But where socialism is this thing of like, oh, you're going to take everything that's mine to give it to everybody else. When in reality, that socialism just means once again, coming from an equitable space where it's fair, and everybody that needs the boost of the second box can get it. Right. And, and the word social right. is in socialism for that reason. So when I think of social equality and social equity, I always go back to socialism. And I know that potentially in the um, 
in the in the uh, academic sense, they're probably not correlated as much as I'm correlating them in my mind. But again, I'm trying to just make sense of it in a way that sounds logical. Mm-hmm. How do you, you know, as I frame this, how do you see it speaking from the sociology standpoint? It's so interesting that you, that um, because my first impulse was not to go to sociology, but to go to my faith. Ah, terms of um, social justice, mm. I guess. And that, that just is like just the basic tenant of uh, every, every um, major religion. And I say major religion in terms of the ones that have become like ecclesias and, and are, you know, the, the big three that we usually put. And then there's a few others under that. So that's what I mean. It's like the major tenant is, you know, do unto others as you would have them do to you, mm-hmm. do unto others as you would have them do to you. Is that right? Yeah. And, um, and that, I think that's a big justice issue too. And social justice, mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing. Um, I know that's not the question you asked me, but that's where I went first. Right. It's like, oh, that's where I get that. Um, in terms of sociology, I mean, I think it's so important to know the past, like, uh, you know, this is what happened. This is what we did. And this is, you know, what we did as a, as a country or, you know, and, and how, how can we not do those things moving forward? Was that the question? Jasmine? Yeah, no, that, no, that totally was. It's, it's how, how does the word social fit with the words equality and equity and how, when you separate them, they're more kind of um, me focused versus society focused. And that's exactly what you're saying. A lot of it comes from, you know, the social justice work, which is we are in this together. We're here to help others. And like you said, from sociology, we're learning from the mistakes of the past. The mistakes Mm. of the past are always related to a separation and independence, which by the way, sounds like an awesome word, but at times creates that othering uh, factor. So to to understand equity, like, truly how it affects everyday life, unless you are, and I hate to say this because I, you know, I, sometimes you just have to call it, but unless you are a rich white man, chances are you have not suffered the uh, consequences of equity and justice or inequity. Um, Inequity. Right. And so that leaves room for the demographics of who benefits from equity if equity really is implemented in society. And so I would say gender, of course, gender, the, yeah. the LGBTQIA. So I'm going to list some that I can think of. If I've missed any, definitely jump in. And then I want you to jump into some of these demographics and we can talk about them because I know that's that's a big part of your expertise okay. as well. Mm-hmm. So gender, LGBTQIA, of course, race, race. Uh, First Nations, Indigenous people, immigrants, um, and then economic and uh, resource-deprived individuals. So so these are the ones that I think of right away. What's that? Age. Age. Age, yes. Ageism is another big one. We discriminate against the elderly and the very young. We discriminate both of them. Yeah. So Um, if you were to take those demographics, let's mm -hmm. break down just with brief highlight points how those uh, those demographics or communities are affected by inequity. So let's take gender first. Gender, well, that's huge. I mean, I, first, okay, pay. I mean, right. that's the big thing. I also think just having an equal seat at the table. 
Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. women may be on the board, but women are still um, discredited, not listened to, not taken seriously, just not heard. Sometimes just not even heard. You know, I've been in meetings and things where I will say something and it's like just nobody else at the table. I, I am speaking in meetings where I've been the only woman. It's like, did I really just say something like right. did, I mean, I was pretty sure I did. Right. Um, and can I just interject real quick? We just saw this this week, and we're recording second week of October. We just saw this at the vice presidential debate, you know, exactly. where both Kamala Harris and Susan, ah, the moderator's ah. name, uh, Susan, uh, both Sorry. Susan and Kamala were consistently interrupted, disrespected, completely dismissed by Mike Pence. So that's another example. But go right, ahead. And that was blatant. I mean, that was just, we were just watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just accepted. You know, I, I think there's, you know, I've been thinking uh, recently about, um, I was talking with some friends about the, the, the term hysterical mm. and how that is applied to women. And it's the same root as hysterectomy, which I found was so, that was so interesting. You know, it's like, okay, I don't know what that root word means, but, you know, women are hysterical. Wow. and. Isn't that interesting? I've never, ever, like, yeah, put that two and two together. That together, that that's the same root. Wow. And but hysterical is very feminine in its oh, gender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though I have met many a hysterical man. <laughs> oh, no. Jasmine. Yes. They're <laughs> strong. They're passionate. They're passionate. No, they're strong and, and like, virile. And, right. Uh, and we are not man-haters. Let's just make that no, very I clear. Know, of not, course, not, we're not. not. We're, we're making, we're making uh, fun gender. of this and, and being humorous. Another way, though, that women, speaking of hysterectomies, is their bodies, where equity mm-hmm. is completely oh, I, taken away from their right oh, to exist. Right. Uh, right. It's so crazy. I mean, within my lifetime and perhaps yours, you know, women couldn't have their own credit card or, oh. you know, get birth control, uh, you know, without their husband's permission, you right. know, so just, you know, being uh, property that right. way. And, and, you know, even things of like um, maternity leave and things like that are just, re- right. you know, the, the chances of you losing your job or not getting hired. Right. And right now, women are, um, the big question is, um, was I talking to, were you and I talking about this? Or um, I was talking to someone about the fact that women are now um, suffering more the aftermath of being at home, both working and taking care of their kids, and how, you know, um, they're being challenged by their bosses because they have to interrupt because the kid needs something or because they have to, you know, alter a meeting time or what. And it's like women are suffering this consequence more than men are at home. And so that sounds to me like a pretty unfair yeah, expectation. It is. It's, it is unfair. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Right. Why right. would the woman have to, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And so another demographic that suffers from inequity is the LGBTQIA+. Right. And there are, like, this is yeah. truly a rainbow of, right. of you different. know. I, I want to say one more thing about women. I'm sorry to go back. Oh, no, please. It's unfair that we, as women, are scared to do things, like at night or to travel alone, which I am not, but travel alone right. and things like that. We have a fear of living. Right. Right. And, 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 you know, I I remember, 
Actually, I remember being in your sociology class where this came up and one of the young men said, well, I mean, my parents told me not to be alone in the dark and trust. And and we're like, "Uh, yes, as a child, as a young boy, as a little boy, absolutely. I'm a mother of boys. I know how terrifying it is to let Mm -hmm. young boys, even teenage boys. But once you're a man, that is not the same degree fear. We feel it the same as children and as adolescents. But once we hit full adulthood, you cannot compare that degree of anxiety and fear in a woman as you would in a man. You just can't. Right. So, it's very different. Yeah. It's different. Um, okay. So uh, we were talking about um, LGBT, LGBTIQA plus. Yes. I don't, I, A-A. LGBTQIA plus. A-A. Yeah. Plus. It's a mouthful and it's a, it's a beautiful it's, mouthful. Mm-hmm, it is. Um so, okay, if there was, if society was equitable, then, well, no, no queer person, can I just put queer oh, person? Oh, totally, yeah. No queer person could get fired for, from their job for that. Um, housing discrimination, of course, marriage, um, you know, it was a big, a big win, what 2015 right big win and now that you know it's there's some talk now about it again right uh not to date this podcast but now there's right you know talk about that again that that may be overturned or there's consideration um right um i think again living in fear living in fear of what's going to happen if somebody finds out exactly Um, yeah, that's a really, really good point where equity affects um, the LGBTQIA plus community or the queer community and not only affects them as the queer community, but affects them also in terms of housing, security, right. uh, mm-hmm. job, uh, mm-hmm. financial security. So it's really interesting as we're talking about these different demographics, how some of them interweave with one another. Because even yeah. women, when we're looking at gender rights, we're also looking at queer rights because, you know, gender is also, again, a fluid concept in terms of what is on the paper and what is what is, you know. Um, with race and First Nations, you know, Indigenous folks, um, the Equity there has, I think, uh, historically been probably, I think, that demographic has suffered the most because they can't escape the visual of who they are. Uh, Women can't escape the visual of their gender, but there's ways in which they can, um, color of the skin is one, or who they're married to, or what family they belong to, they can still escape some of it and pass some of those equitable rights. Mm -hmm. But when you are visually, you know, you belong to a demographic that is underserved historically in cruel manners. And we're just now starting to heal from some of that reality that we have accepted. Mm -hmm. What does equity look like? Because many talk about um, reparations, for example, because that's Mm -hmm. definitely one of the first steps to equity. Um, Right. What are some of your thoughts? Well, I would think... um, in terms of race, I think perhaps over others, it's going to affect the education of people. Mm. If we become equitable, I mean, because it's going to change our if it's going to change our school systems, it's going to change our housing, 
it's going to change all of those things. But our schools, I think educationally, it's going to really change it. And it might, you know, a, a great way is that, you know, college is free for certain uh, economic demographics. Right, right. You know, and usually um, those are also racial demographics. Right. Yeah. Right. Because of our our past. Right. I mean, it's it's just we're still reeling from our horrible institutions that we had instituted before, you know? And so, um, right. I think that's going to, and what that will do is that it's going to, it's going to give our society many more opportunities because, you know, whatever the demographics are in terms of race, that's a percentage that never gets a chance to, find the cure for cancer or right. be the concert pianist or whatever it is, because they, they were lacking in that opportunity. Right. And that's going to be huge. It is. It's what we've heard. I mean, we've heard it sometimes joked about in movies or, you know, in TV shows, but I've heard this from real people, how, you know, if you're black, you have to work twice as hard. If you're a black woman, you have to work you know, four times as hard. And is that fair? Is that is that equitable? Are we all starting at the same line? Are we all given a fair chance where we're starting? We're not. And not. while people say that's the past, and today we've had a black president, we have Jay-Z and Beyonce, and, you know, we've had, you know, big celebrities and, you know, Michael Jordan. And yeah, okay, great. That's, that's more equality, because now that we have equal rights, they've been given a chance to get to this point. But how many have been given a chance to get to this point? Um, It's not, you named, you named like four or five people there. Yeah, exactly. As the example. Yeah, I'll name Oprah Winfrey too. I forgot her because she's my my muse and my goddess. Uh, (laughs) But it's true. We can name them. Can you name uh, the white people who have, you know, I mean, a gotten to those points too i mean there's lots of them right can we name them all no no i mean the list would go on and on and on and on and that doesn't mean that white people have not struggled because that does bring us back to another demographic which is economic and resource uh scarcity uh and and that is something that affects all races including Mm -hmm. of course white um you know folks here in the country but how does that then um the economic injustice or the economic um inequity affect mm-hmm. people um is that tied to education because i see it completely as tied to um well not completely i see it partially tied to education and then it's tied to other oh. things but partially definitely tied to education um yeah i i i think education is a is a big one um that in culture and culture i mean you know there was no question in the home that i grew up in that i would go to college Mm. you were going yeah i I was going right um i did not have the pressure to go to a certain college but Mm -hmm. i was gonna be going to college that just was you know and that's my privilege and how i grew up i mean that's you know the home that i was born into other people that may not be right It's not on their radar at all. Well, for other people, it's just surviving every day, waking up every day and being sure that you can find food, that you can find, you know, shelter, um, and that you can find, you know, uh, medicine even. Uh, The economic instability is so clearly tied to racial stability uh, in terms of, you know, resources, as well as 
immigrants. That's, you know, the other population. We cannot separate these from each other. Can no. you can you uh-uh. imagine what it's like to be an immigrant from an uneducated family, uh, poor, uh, a woman? Like all yep. of those where you're, and from a, you know, a racially diverse minority. Mm-hmm. Imagine, oh, and maybe even queer. Like that right, is a right. thing, you know, and people, people question how, oh my goodness, wow. Is it, yes, people exist. These are human are stories right. and human problems. There are people who are 100% belonging to every single one of these demographics organically and authentically. This is not a choice. We're not choosing mm-hmm. to feel like we're suffering every single one of these traumas or every single one of these, you know, uh, imposed tragedies. These, this is real life. And the Mm -hmm. problem is, is that those who are in positions of leadership don't look like these problems, don't look like these demographics oftentimes, and don't represent multiple, uh, uh, multiple demographics in one. It's usually one or the other. Right. Right. And if you don't, if it's not part of your experience, like really you don't see it, it's not a problem, right? There's no problem. Uh, you know, I'm not racist, you know, or whatever, right. because. Yeah, it's very, it's, it, it reminds me of my, uh, my conversation, uh, around othering with other folks and also the episode that I that is on in the series of I want you to think of othering if you don't even know what othering is or this is like a completely new thing chances are you've never been othered right. and chances are you've othered others and just don't right. know it you know I know it right it, it it definitely ties into your your own experience and your privilege, which that's going to be our next topic. You and I are definitely going to be uh, chit-chatting and uh, thinking about and encouraging others to think about privilege. Uh, but oh, I can't wait. E- I, I know. Can't. But equity is a really good foundation to really mm-hmm. understand where privilege comes from. So with equity also, um, I want to ask you this, and I, because I'm I'm still thinking about it and processing it and trying to figuring, figuring it, figuring it. I'm still trying to figure it out. Thank you. As I enunciate, I do have braces for the listeners, just so you all know that uh, it's been a struggle sometimes spitting some of these words out. But um, yeah, one of the things that we're we're doing is we're also uh, reading this book that I really encourage everyone to read. This is not just an academic book. It's a fantastic book called Achieving Social Equity from Problems to Solutions. And it was uh, published in 2020. So it's pretty new. Um, it's by Mary E. Guy and Sean A. McCandles. Uh, um, it, it talks s- s- exclusively about um, social equity. And one of the things that really surprised me was to hear that understanding and defining equity is still very complicated. Mm-hmm. It's not straightforward. It's not a pillar that sits stably in any you know, field of study. It's still very ambiguous. In your years of not only researching, studying, and teaching sociology, where do you see the intersectionality of understanding why equity is complicated and how do we get out of that complicated status? I think it goes back to kind of what I said before you hear, okay, so we want this to be equitable and the person that has the most clenches up Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh no, we can't do that. We can't do that. And then, you know, then it's all, it stops everything. So I'm going to go and I'm going to talk to people just like me, like, we can't do this. We can't, you know, we can't, you know, they want to, 
I can't think of a good example now. That's they want to, they want to, um, they want to give two boxes to them and we don't get a box. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think it's that. And then, so we've got all this power. Well, we're not going to do, we're all going to get a box. We're going to, we're all going to get a box. And so we've got all this power and we're just going to do that because we've got the truck and we can. We're hoarding boxes at this we're point. We're hoarding boxes, right. I've got one in the closet, you know, I can right. keep that right. In the you basement. Know, and I, and right. Exactly. Yeah. I think I have two down there. Right. You know, it's just. A, in the garage. Of, yeah. In the it's right. like, you're drowning in boxes. <laughs> what, what Do you need all these boxes? Because literally right. there's someone on the street that doesn't even have the idea of what a box looks like. Right. They can't even right. imagine what that looks like. Right. So how do we get out of this? Wow. I think, um, I think we need to uh, not only share all of our stories, but we need to hear a lot of stories. Mm. Um, wow. You know, our society is so different and it has been for, you know, a long time where we don't sit around the fire anymore explaining our days, yeah. but that idea of, sharing our experiences and having people actually listen to it. And, um, you know, I did playback theater for a long time and that was all, that's what it is, you know, sharing, sharing your experiences. And I think that's really important. So however we do it, but I don't think we listen to each other anymore. Right. Right. um, As a society. You're, you're so right, whether it's uh, religious differences or political differences or uh, social differences. One, one thing that comes to mind right here, because when we started talking about demographics, you mentioned uh, age, and we didn't dive into it deeper. And this is the perfect place to actually dive into it. Because if we listen to the past, which are our elders, and we listen to our future, who are our yeah. children, yeah. we potentially begin to create a space where we are a little more willing to empathize, if not empathize, sympathize, mm-hmm. and and draw from you know a place of compassion where we can begin to understand the stories. Because those of us in the middle, and I mean age-wise, or even economically in the middle, kind of stable middle class, or, you know, racially somewhat, you know, um, in less of a, a threatening uh, extreme, um, it's it's easier for us to just go about every day, live our lives and just say, oh, that's a problem out there. I'm sorry it's a problem out there. I wish it wasn't this way, but I'm just going to, you know, just chug along because I have a family to take care of. But yet, like you said, if we learn to listen if we learn to listen, if we learn to open up to the possibility that we're not the only ones with all the answers, wouldn't that begin to solve yeah. some of these problems? Because mm-hmm. our history that- and our future are, you know, the bread to the sandwich that is life. Right. That's, that's good. That's right. I, I get the, I see the metaphor there. I actually see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, an anagram of listen is silent. That's so true. I know. Isn't that awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. You're um, you're you're just full of these like awesome word origins today and word <laughs> play. I'm kind of impressed. Hysterical now is going to be my new one to really ponder because <laughs> it's really powerful. And you know what? I'm proud to be hysterical. There there are so many things to that are worth being hysterical about. Hysterical about. Yeah, we have to maybe like just redefine what that means. Is it not something negative and 
Again, you know? it's all about taking power back right. to make a difference. You know, mm-hmm. if you're going to take hold of what has been the cause of so much pain and turn that around to make it something beneficial and productive, then by all means, call me hysterical, call me a nasty right. woman, call me a monster, as was most recently, you know, uh, bestowed upon Kamala Harris by right. the president right. of this country. Um Wow. Well, we managed to like explode and cover equity in 30 minutes, which is kind of insane that we did that. But you know, it's it's amazing because there is so much that can be said about this. And foundationally, I think equity needs to be understood if we are to address all the other problems of the world, whether it's Oh, oh uh, yeah, I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. Right? I agree. That's been Which kind of my been- my thesis of like really trying to defend the fact that public administration, for example, which is the field that I'm kind of immersed in right now in graduate school, is cannot exist without the understanding that equity has to be the fuel of its work, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. No, you're right. You're right. And if politics can see that too, that would be kind of amazing. Because, you know, policies are written, you know, by the by the heroes or by the privileged or by the ones who are uh, blessed to be intellectualized and academically uh, advanced. And yet they are so disconnected from the reality of everyday people. Right. And and equity is is uh, the jumpstart, I think, the starting point of where we need to go. OK, so next time you and I are going to think about privilege We are going to invite people to think with us about privilege. And uh, Kate, I love talking to you about everything. I know. Me too. This was so fun. We can process the heck out of anything. 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 And the minute we hang up here, we are going to be processing how both of our dogs have been so obnoxious lately. I know. Um, Seriously. She gets everything she wants. Yeah, exactly. Her life is so equitably, like, above and beyond. You know, she needs to sit down and look at some of those commercials of puppies that really need a home. Yes, that's exactly it. We are all in this together. Um, Well, I I bid you and Miss Agnes Ann farewell for now. Thank you for being here. And thank you for processing and thinking with me. And uh, let's do this again very, very soon. No, let's do it again soon. This was so fun. Awesome. All right, Kate. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. This podcast is produced and recorded by Dante Falk, edited and mixed by Eros Falk, original music by Dante and Eros Falk, recorded in Olympia, Washington at Casa Nostra Studios. Visit the website, jasminefalkdickerson.com. Ciao for now. Thank you.